Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. walked in today, hey man, everything looks so nice and all that was planned and done. Let's give our ladies committee and all of our mothers a big hand. Amen. Oftentimes, women are guided by the example in Proverbs, the 31st chapter. Proverbs 31 speaks of a virtuous woman. It's a collection of what women are magnificently created by God to thrive in. But we shouldn't miss that the overwhelming theme is not some sort of to-do list for women. But it's speaking of the immense value of a woman who fears and honors the Lord. That there is something very powerful about a lady that honors the Lord in her life. And one of the ways that she does this is listed in Proverbs 31 and 17. When it says, she girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. Now this can seem like it's masculine in its writing. In the verbiage that the writer uses. But I believe that we will see in our story today that this is indeed one of the attributes of a virtuous woman. I'm a youngest child. Do we have any youngest children in the house? Appreciate that. Yes. Way to represent. Very good. That's, 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 that's the way it's done. Uh, you know, some, the thing about being a youngest child, depending on, I guess, how many children your mother had, it, sometimes your parents are, are just too tired to care about. You know, I mean, the eldest are always complaining about how the youngest get away with everything. And it's like, if you hadn't worn them out before we got here, they might have a little energy left. Uh, and, and, and so that's, that's one of the things. But sometimes they, they have less patience until, you know, the pain is unleashed. The, the, the youngest sometimes doesn't have the, long, uh, the longest uh, a candle that burns on maybe mom specifically, but dad as well. I spent a lot of time with mom as a, as a teenager and I, I was mostly good. And sometimes I was just good at pushing her buttons. And I would say, I would, I'll say next to dad, uh, I knew better than most where mom's lines were. I think dad understood better than all of us. But I, I think of all the children, I knew best. I could push her right up to that line. I mean, I knew where it was at. And uh, I knew better than to cross it. How many knew better than to cross the line with mama? Yeah. And some of the teenagers are awful quiet right now. 
I would never push mom to her limits. Uh, but I do vividly remember a few times where I miscalculated. <laughs> For some reason, those are brandished in my memory. Um, one particular time that I, I, both, I both miscalculated where the line was and I miscalculated my position in the safe zone. Now, as a child, you know what the safe zone is. That's, that's the, the area by which they, they, you don't think they can reach you. <laughs> Even if they're throwing something at you. It's... And uh, I, I, I had miscalculated that. I inadvertently, we'll say that, pushed her too far. And I was within reach. But I didn't know I was within reach because she was driving a car and I was in the back seat. So I was miscalculating my position, thinking that she was both, you know, focused on the road and not able to reach behind and, and get to me. And so I was, I was mouthing off a little bit. And the next thing I knew, she became both a contortionist and a karate master at the same time and with lightning speed somehow was able to smack me and keep her eyes on the road at all the same time multitasking moms really really something I mean I don't even think we swerved I don't you know she didn't even say anything I mean, there was no warning, there was no red lights, there was no, I got no heads up on that one. And uh, it, it, you, learn, you learn that if you have any sense of all, at all, you learn quick that you, you don't mess with an angry mom. I, I want to talk about that today. I feel agreement in the spirit here today. I want to talk about a couple of women in scripture today that we are not told specifically that they are mothers, but they're married. It would have been their custom for them to have children. But if not, they even do speak about themselves being motherly in instinct. And you'll see this in the scripture. And so there's even a motherly instinct that we find here in our, in, our, in our text, in our, in our scripture. In, in the time of the judges, when you open your Bible and you, you find the book of Judges in, in your Bible, they, they were not led by kings. Israel was led by God-ordained judges at the time that the people would come to and they would bring their concerns and their cares and their stuff and problems and stuff like that would be brought before the judges and God would speak and God would use these judges to lead and to help Israel. And so this was what God had designed for them before a time of kings. And in Judges 4, we are introduced to their current 
judge in Israel, and her name is Deborah. She is also a prophetess. The Bible speaks of this woman of God who is both a judge and a prophetess of Scripture. And she is the wife of Lapidith, and she judges Israel at the time. In Judges 4 and 5, it says, And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim, and the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And so this is a mighty woman of God. This is an, a, an anointed woman of God who is positioned by God in a place of power and a place of authority. And, and later on, she writes a song, and in her song, she says this about herself in Judges 5 and 7. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose, that I arose a mother in Israel. Now, what she's talking about here is she is saying that they were living in a time of oppression. And the Canaanites were attacking them. They were robbing them. They were causing fear and trouble everywhere so that the people of God could not go outside of the city walls. They could not travel through the neighborhoods into the countryside. They could not go to the fields of harvest because the Canaanite people were oppressing them so much, attacking them, stealing everything that they had. And so they could not live outside of the walls of the city safely and they all moved into the walled portion and, the, and everyone outside was unsafe and vulnerable. And Deborah is saying, this is, this is what I'm living in. I'm the judge of Israel. We are God's people and yet we're oppressed by these Canaanites who won't leave us alone, who keep coming and stealing all of our stuff and attacking us. But the Bible tells us that Deborah hears from God. Oh, how many know a powerful thing to hear from the Lord? She hears from God. She says, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm done with this. This is 20 years, and we've been under this oppression, and, and nothing's working out the way it's supposed to work out, and everybody's living in fear and frustration, and I've had enough of this. And so Deborah goes to prayer. Do I have any moms in the house that know how to go to prayer? Do I have any dads in the house that know how to go to prayer? Do I have any, amen, anybody in the house knows how to go to prayer? When you, when you need an answer from the Lord, when you need something beyond your ability and you go to prayer and Deborah goes to prayer and the Bible says she hears from the Lord. She sent and called Barak the son of Ebenoam out of Kadesh Naphtali and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor and take with thee 10,000 men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun. And I will draw unto thee to the river of Kishon Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army. And she, I'm going to draw Sisera there with his chariots and his multitude. And the Lord says to Deborah, and I will deliver him into your hand. Oh, Hallelujah. Now, Barak is the, the leader of the army. Barak is the soldier of soldiers. He is the, he is the man in, in charge of the 10,000 men in this story. And Barak sometimes gets a little grief for what he says next. But I think it's wisdom. And I'll tell you why. He's a warrior. He's a leader. He's capable of gathering 10,000 men together to follow him into battle. He is no softy. He's not a coward. He's not afraid. 
But his response to some is curious because she says, I've heard from the Lord, and I want you to get 10,000 men and get ready to go to battle. And he says unto her, verse 8 of Judges 4, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. Now sometimes men get a little uncomfortable with this. They get a little uncomfortable with this because you got this, 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 this lady judge of Israel who hears from God and she tells Barak, to, you know, this is what's going to happen. And he's like, I'm not going unless you go. I want you to be there. But you, you need to look at it like this. God gave the plan to her. Didn't give it to him. He was living on oppression just like she was living on oppression, just like everybody was living in oppression. And God gave her a word. And he knew God gave her a word. He also honored her as the judge of Israel. He honored her position with God. And he knew that she had a position with God. And you know what else he knew? He knew she was an angry mom. He listened to her talk about how I'm done with this. That's enough of this. This isn't happening one more day. My people are, are being tortured. They're being punished. They're being robbed. We're living under oppression. And I've had enough. And I've heard from the Lord. And any man or any teen or any child who sees a mom get that attitude going says, you know what? If you're ready to go fight, I'm ready to go fight too. Because if you got that attitude going, the enemy doesn't have a chance. Uh, if you've heard from the Lord and you're ready to go to fight, then I want to be on your side. I don't want to do it without you, but I sure will do it with you. He says, I'm ready to fight, but I want you there. I'm ready to do this. There's something magnificent about the power and passion, the drive and the determination of a mother who sees her children being attacked. There's something otherworldly about it. I mean, it, it, it goes into a dimension. <laughs> you, you see a woman like you've never seen her before. When she's a mom and her children are being attacked. There's something that comes out. My wife has one of those shirts, you've seen them. It says Mama Bear on the front. And it's written in this cutesy font. And I'm like, that should be like, the font that they should use should be like, there ought to be blood stains on that sweater. When you buy it, it should come with blood stains already on it. It's like warning signs. And they're always wearing them like. Mama bear. Like, yeah. Okay. You know what you do with a mama bear? The same thing you do with a real bear. You just give them a wide berth. You just go, go ahead. You just, you just keep your distance. Amen? Am I right? And he understands this. Barak is reading the room. He understands what's going on here. She's heard from God. She's ready to go to war. She's done. She's had enough. Oh, man. Just saying I've had enough flashes me back to my teenage years with mom. I've had enough. 
You know, that, that thing that I've had enough. And it's like, this turns into, Ugh. there's a line right there. You teenagers are not taking notes. I don't understand. Why aren't you taking notes? This is good quality material right here. Barak is, Barak is simply saying, I want that motherly might with me on the battlefield. He's even okay with what she says next. And she says, verse 9, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for your honor. She says, this isn't going to be about you today, Barak. You're not going to get a whole lot of honor out of this. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kedesh. This story is about deliverance of Israel from Canaan, the Canaanites. But it seems God is also going out of his way to make some points about women. In this one story, he is making some bold declarations about what women of God are capable of doing. Because when Deborah says this, Barak may have thought he, she was talking about herself, but she's not even talking about herself. Another woman is going to come into play in the same story. Judges 4, 14 and 16, And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him, and the Lord discomfited Sisera and all his chariots and all his hosts with the edge of the sword before Barak, so that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Harasheth of the Gentiles, and all the hosts of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. Amen. It would seem that Deborah doesn't actually join in the fight, but this is where we see the power of a mother's moral support. Oh, hallelujah. They get to the battlefield. They can see the massive army of the Canaanites. They have feared these people for 20 years. Verses 3 of chapter 4 said this, And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had 900 chariots of iron, and 20 years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. Now that's an important illustrative phrase that's used there, because iron chariots of the day were evidence of a people that put a lot of time and money into their army. Iron chariots, the reason why we're told that is because it's illustrative of a nation that was a, it was a dominating nation, a fighting nation. This was a nation that had looking to conquer and expand in every direction. And now they wanted to take over the land of God's people. But Deborah gives one mighty motivational speech. Standing up there on the top of that hill, she looks at Barak and she says, it's time to go. The Lord has given them into your hands. You're going to be victorious today. Everything's going to work out all right. And when he hears the words, hallelujah, of Deborah, he goes charging down the mountain and 10,000 men go charging down the mountain too, motivated by the word of a mother who's heard from God that we will be victorious today. There are times in life when the motivation of a mother is unmatched. If mama believes you can do it, 
you start to believe you can do it. Amen. Now, I know our church, and I know you, and I love you, and I know everyone in this room didn't have a great mom. And I'm sorry about that, because a great mom is a wonderful thing to have. But not having a great mom does not mean you can't be a great mom. Amen. And one of the things that we're learning in this story is that a great mom knows how to hear from God. Amen. That a great mom operates under the authority of the Lord who sits upon the throne. And a great mom is not going to put up with any nonsense when the enemy comes around. And a great mom knows how to motivate and encourage, uh, amen, those that are listening to her to get into the fight. It specifically says that they overcame the things that they feared the most in verse 15 of Judges 4. And the Lord discomfited Sisera, that's the leader of their army, and all his chariots, and all his chariots, and all his hosts with the edge of the sword before Barak. Twenty years of fear was overcome that day. Twenty years of oppression was thrown off of them that day. Oh, hallelujah. 20 years of darkness was pushed back that day because a mother in Israel got angry at the enemy, heard from God, and motivated those around her to have faith to fight. We need angry mothers today. I'm telling you, that's what we need, angry mothers today. Not not at your children or your husbands. Not even at the culture or the, the sinfulness of the people around us. We need you angry at the devil. Come on, pastor said, I need you angry at the devil. I, I need you angry at spiritual wickedness in high places. I need you to hear from God and then motivate the fight. I need you to say, I've had enough. This isn't happening anymore. It's not coming into my life. It's not coming into my home. It's not coming into my marriage. It's not coming into my children. I've had enough. We do not need an anger that shuts you down or shuts you up. We need angry mothers who know how to pray, who know how to proclaim what God has declared, who know how to motivate and give moral support. Oh, hallelujah. Sisera tries to sneak away from the battle. He does this by disconnecting himself from the chariots. He says, the chariots seem to be a target. <laughs> so I'm going to get off of this, and I'm going to run away on foot, and Barak pursues the chariots, and the army of 10,000, they pursue the chariots, and they pursue the host, and nobody notices Sisera running away on the battlefield, and so the Bible says that they pursue them, destroying them all until there was not a man left, but Sisera escapes. The leader of the army against God's people looks like he has survived. And then we get to Judges 4, 17. Howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber, the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hazor, and the house of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me. Fear not. 
And when he had turned in unto her into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. And he said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. Again he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be when any man doth come and inquire of thee and say, Is there any man here that thou shalt say no? Now I want you to look at this situation. Is this not like a mother and her child for a little bit here? Oh, come on in. Don't be afraid. You just come on in here. I'm going to take care of you. You just got to give it that little motherly, you know, to imagine it. She covers him with a mantle. Now, this word mantle is interesting because it's like a heavy covering. It's, it, it could be a type of rug even that they would use. And so it's, she's either hiding him or pretending to hide him or she's making him feel real warm. She's protecting him and making him feel real warm and comfortable. Oh, I'm missing mama right now. just thinking about it. She gets him a glass of milk. Now, come on, you got to see that part of the story. He says, give me a glass of water because I'm thirsty. And she's like, oh, baby, I'll get you a glass of nice, warm milk. You're all covered up. Everything's all right. He says, stand in the door, make sure no bad men come. She stands in the door. Now, if you were here recently, I made a comment about my wife and manipulation. Some of you remember that? I've had quite a few conversations about that since then, actually. Now, by definition, the word manipulate, It simply means to handle or control in a skillful manner or to control or influence a situation. Actually, by definition, the word manipulate does not hold any inherently negative connotations. That has nothing to do with my message. I just need to clear that up. No, I'm kidding. So here's the thing. I'm against, I'm against manipulation as coercion. Getting people to do what they don't want to do. I'm against that. But manipulation as persuasion is different. This is what JL is doing here. JL is using a beautiful tactic. And I'm not going to say only mothers know how to do this, but moms are good at it. She makes him feel comfortable. She makes him feel safe. She makes him feel like everything's going to be okay, covers him, gets the milk, says don't worry about it. Everything's fine. You see, Sisera went to her tent because he thought he would be safe from Barak there. But Sister didn't understand that Deborah and Barak were not pursuing him. God was pursuing him. Oh, hallelujah. 
He didn't understand that it wasn't about the lady on top of the hill who was a judge of Israel. And it wasn't about the man who was leading the 10,000 soldiers. And it wasn't about getting away from them. He didn't understand that they had heard from the Lord. And when they heard from the Lord, it was, there's going to be victory today. And victory doesn't mean you kill everyone in the army except for the leader. Victory means you take out every soldier, and you take out every chariot, and you take out Sisera, and you take out everybody that's connected to it. And so he's running, but he doesn't understand that God is pursuing him. I want you to understand at this time that with these people... At this time, that, that J.L. was a part of, the, the, the tribe that she was a part of, the people that she was a part of, the, the women ran the tent. Now, they were a nomadic people, and they, they, but they ran the tent, okay? It was their home. The women repaired it. They sat it up. They tore it down. They packed it up. They were the ones that handled the tent. This was their home. And they were in charge. Now, I don't know if that's still how it is today in your home or not, but a mother in charge of a home can be a pretty powerful thing. They were in charge. I want you to understand that J.L., this woman that has brought Sisera into her tent, she's not a warrior. She's not a fighter. She doesn't have a sword sling, a spear, a shield. That's not what she has. She's just in her tent. But there's one thing she knows how to do. She knows how to drive a tent peg into the ground. Because every time their nomadic tribe would move, she had to pull up the tent pegs. And every time they would stop, she had to drive every tent peg into the ground. And it had to be secure that no wind would blow it away, no storm would blow it away, that her husband and her children would be secure in their tent and safe. And so she had to drive them powerfully into the ground. God had already used the leadership and motivation of Deborah. And he had already used the power and the might of Barak and the soldiers. Now God was about to use a little known woman who just a little bit before had been minding her own business, just taking care of her home and her family until evil showed up at the door. And again he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, verses 20. And it shall be when a man doth come and inquire of thee and say, Is there any man here? And thou shalt say, No. Then J.L. Heber's wife took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead, and the nail was in his temples. So God subdued on that day Jabin the king of Canaan before the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against the king of Canaan until they had destroyed the king of Canaan. 
Sisera had vastly miscalculated. <laughs> he had miscalculated who she was. He had miscalculated what she was capable of. He had miscalculated the situation he found himself in. He thought he was in the back seat out of reach. He thought there's no way anybody can get to me now. And he didn't realize that Deborah had finally had enough. He didn't realize that she had heard from the Lord. He didn't realize that Jael could ever be used of God against him. He had severely underestimated what happens when you mess with an angry mom. Now, it was already mentioned here today that being a mother and raising a family is hard. And that that motherly instinct to guard and protect is there for a reason. It's there for a reason. I want you to read the way Deborah records this event later in her song. When she writes a song about all of it, she put her hand to the nail. Judges 5.26, she sings about J.L. She put her hand to the nail in her right hand to the workman's hammer. And, and, and the hammer, she smote Sisera. She smote off his head when she had pierced and stricken through his temples. At her feet he bowed, he fell, he lay down. At her feet he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell down dead. I'm here to just remind the mothers today that we need you. We need you to hear from God. You're not the only ones hearing from God. And we understand the biblical role of men and spiritual leaders in the house, but that doesn't mean women don't hear from God. We need you to hear from God. We need that moral support. We need those motivational speeches. Uh, we need you to say enough uh, is enough. Uh, and when the devil tries to bring drink it, dragging that junk into your home and into your children's life, uh, there is nothing more powerful than a mother who says enough uh, is enough. Uh, there's too much of the enemy being allowed in our communities and too much of the enemy being allowed into our homes and into our children's minds and some things just need to die and it requires a mom uh, who will put a hand, hand to the nail and a hand on the workman's hammer and drive it home because that skill is given to you. Hallelujah. Amen. That skill is given to you more than just for setting up your tent but it's also given to you for protecting your children Children, protecting your home, protecting your husband. That skill is given to you because God knows if you put a hammer and nail in the hand of an angry mother, she will not miss. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Let's all stand together. Let's all stand together. I want you to think about it for a second. The Lord was pursuing Sisera. The Lord was pursuing Sisera. You know what that means? That means God could have killed him any way he wanted to kill him. God could have had him run into lions, fall off a cliff. He could have just said die, and he would have died. He could have 
let Barak get a hold of him, or one of the soldiers. He could have killed him any way he wanted to kill him. So it's meaningful when God sets this thing up with JL. It's meaningful, her approach and what she does. Notice the difference in approach. Notice Barak and his 10,000 soldiers come roaring down from the hill. Picture them with their swords drawn and they're screaming, they're yelling, and they throw themselves into battle because that's how men fight. And we need that because the whole army except for Sisera was killed that day by men who knew how to fight like that. But God says, I want, I want to also show, show you how some women fight. I want to show you how, how they take care of the enemy. I want to show you what they're capable of. Now, I know it's, I know it's, it's gruesome. It's, it's, it's graphic. It's, I mean, she didn't poison his milk. She drove a stake through his head. So, I mean, I, I get it. Some of you haven't read the Bible all the way through, and you're like, oh, my word. I thought this Bible thing was all cutesy and everything. No, you should read some more of it. She drives a tent stake through his temples and fastens him to the ground and he's dead I can only imagine when Barak comes running through town and, and JL's like hey uh, over here you I mean of everything he was expecting to find I think you're looking for this guy you can see him pull his sword out, go charging in. Can you imagine the look on his face when he's like, where, where, where? What in the world? What happened here? It's kind of like when they come up upon a, you know, where a bear has attacked something. It's like, oh my word, what happened here? Surely you didn't do that. there is something that God has put inside of you there's a line there's a line that God has drawn and when the devil tries to cross that line enough is enough I'm not putting up with this anymore I'm done devil you don't get to have my children you don't get to come into my home you don't get to mess with my marriage you don't get to mess with my life. I've had enough. I've had enough. Now, I know this is a Mother's Day message, but there's plenty of characters in the story. But I, 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 would, I, would, first, I would first just invite all of the mothers to come forward. We're going to pray. We're all going to pray. We're all going to pray. But at first, I just want all the moms to come. I believe within this church that we have some Deborahs 
I believe that within this church, we have some JLs. Amen. I believe that within this church, we have some mighty women of God. Some mighty women of God. I believe there's wisdom. I believe there's wisdom of a Deborah who could, who could hear things and take things and figure out how to deal with it and what's the right approach. How should we handle this? And Deborah had to sit underneath that tree and they brought her all of her things and she had to operate in that place of judgment and she had to have a lot of wisdom. She had to be able to think it out, think it through and talk it out. She had to be able to get people to communicate with one another and talk with one another. She had to be able to do all that and we need Deborahs and we have some Deborahs. She had to, she was a motivator. We need motivators. We need moral support and motivators and people who know how to say, listen, Let's do this together. Let's do it together. Let's come together. Let's fight together. Let's, let's throw off the oppression. We need some motivators. We've got some, and we need some, and we need some JLs. We need some JLs. They're, they're not sitting under the tree, maybe. They're not the judge. They're maybe not talking everything out, but they know how to drive a nail. They know how to drive a stake into the ground. And they won't hesitate to drive it through your head if you mess, if you mess with their home. Moms, would you raise your hand? Raise a hand or both hands, whatever. Just raise your hands unto the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven, first and foremost, Lord God, on this Mother's Day, we pray, Lord God. We pray, Lord Jesus, for all of these mothers that have come forward today. We pray, Lord God, that you would, Lord Jesus, help them, encourage them, strengthen them. I pray, Lord, that they would hear from you. That when they pray, Lord God, when they go to their prayer every single day, that you would speak into their life and speak into their mind and give them direction and give them wisdom and help them, Lord God. Help them, Lord Jesus. Help them not, not only with their children, but Lord God, with, with, the, with, with the, the world that we live in, that they would be people of wisdom and motivation and, and might. In the name of Jesus, my God in heaven, we need you, Lord God, to help us. We need you to do what only you are able to do, for you are the Lord God, most holy and righteous and mighty. And great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.